Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everybody, to another live episode of Town Brawl with me, your producer and co-host, Jay Andrews. And I am joined tonight by the rest of my crew, our other co-host down in Georgia. It's Dave and in South Carolina, right across the border, the mystical wonder kid himself, the fantasy kid, the draft wizard. It's Dylan. That's right. I'm here. Busby. Deal with it. <laughs> here with it. Deal with it. I'm so excited, guys. It's it's Dylan. I don't mean this in any way, but for us, it's playoff week. We're excited. <laughs> Listen, I'm oh, going to say something right now. Josh McCown is a damn warrior. That dude fought tooth and nail to every possible did it. Possible he did his he best could. job. And it didn't help when guys like Miles Sanders were like, oh, dropping their passes. And I'm like, this guy, like, McCown was limping at one point where he barely could even get up. And 
other players just didn't seem to carry the same momentum that that McCown did late in that game. Yeah, here's what I'll say. It's true, the phrase, those that can't do, teach. Because we saw Josh McCown at this point in his career is a much better teacher than doer. But he gave it his all. He did, you know, he like I said, effort was there. The juice was there. Just couldn't get it done in the end. The, the way uh, he ran the ball on a lot of those QB runs, I was like, is that Carson Wentz or is that, is that Josh McCown? Yes. Like, oh, my God. It's he almost was, like he, he was forgot. lower the shoulder, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like he forgot exactly how old he is and how long it's been since he's been in live action because he was taken off like he was, you know, playing wide receiver for the Lions again, and it was just not happening. I thought it was his long-lost cousin, Josh McNown, for Arizona. Man, um, <laughs> Oh, Luke. Well, there was a Josh McNown and a Luke McNown. There was two of them. No, 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 yeah. no. There was a McNown, too. Ask Dylan. There was a McNown, two brothers. No, I'm pretty sure they're the same guy. I'm pretty sure Josh has a brother named Luke. No, there's also a McNown. There was one that played in Arizona. Nope. Yep, you're right. Uh, Just Google that. (laughs) Oh, caught him. Usually I don't slip up on history like that, but I caught him. All yes. I remember, all I remember Luke for is when he was, who was it? That was he, the one in Arizona. He, he stopped the Minnesota Vikings playoff chances, and Green Bay snuck in, and it was like a fourth and thirteen or fourth and fourteen play. That's what I remember him for the most with his brother. But no, Josh took the cake on Sunday night when I watched, uh, when I watched him go all out and literally try to carry this Philly team. And once Carson got knocked out, you could just see the wind go out of the rest of the players' sails. Like, Josh was the <laughs> only one, like, literally, like, guys, we can win this. And everyone's like, eh, yeah. Listen, you could feel the wind go out of the stadium. I mean, that once air he went out, gone. yeah, all the momentum was on the Seahawks' side. I, I told you guys in advance I was already afraid of Russell coming into Philadelphia because, I mean, the stats were there. He was 5 and Russell. 0. He was 5-0 and 0 against Philly. Um, he worked his magic. He did his thing. You know, Beast Mode had his big run there where he, he kind of ran over Malcolm Jenkins, and that certainly energized the team. But otherwise, yeah. it was all Russell and DK Metcalf getting open. And, uh, you know, secondary was typical, giving up big yardage, big plays. But <laughs> hopefully that gets fixed next year on yeah, offense, like you said. Was on a terror, though. Yeah, Fletcher's the man, dude. I mean, he gives it 100%. He got his big contract, and he still goes out there. He plays hurt. He oh, gives he's, it at all. He's a top you three know. defensive tackle. I'll and that's not I'll a slight against anyone. I'm not saying any other player is not a warrior for playing you know, through injuries, but it's just amazing what Fletcher can do, uh, given he gets double teamed every single time. But, yeah, yeah I love Fletch. Uh, it's a shame that Brandon Graham went out early, and I bet he wasn't as effective when he came back after his injury. And, yeah, I mean, obviously the offense becomes a little bit – I don't know. I, it's hard to say the offense was limited playbook-wise because, like you said, I mean, Josh knew the entire playbook, and it was written about in many yeah. articles that he was um, showing Carson a lot of things. So it's just obviously from a physical standpoint, you're not going to be able to make the same throws, put the same pepper on it, have the same mobility. So it's a shame. I would have loved to see that yeah. full game with Carson, but no excuses. I mean, it is – that's the way football is. So next man on up. that – I'm going to say that, though, right now. That was a dirty-as-hell hit. 
two. They wouldn't call the flag because he was declared as a runner. Sadly, it's the same thing as Cam. When he gets hit, and it is a dirty hit. We all know it's a dirty hit, but the refs are like, oh, we can't throw it. It's past the line of scrimmage. And I'm like, I don't care. It's still a dirty hit. The guy rolled all of his weight on the back of Carson's head. Like, literally took 290 pounds and slammed it in a somersault on the back of Carson's head. Like, any player would have gotten a concussion. <laughs> I don't hate Jadavian Clowney at all. He did exactly it's what It's the most, way he did it. It's the way he did it. You know, there was clearly intent to the way he ducked his head and uh, drove him into the ground like that. But it is what it is. I mean. All he needed to do was go up and just touch him because he would have been on the ground, <laughs> touched, get it over with. Look, that's what it would have been. At the time, I tweeted that he should have been ejected, and I'll stand by it. I, I think it was a dirty hit, and I think it was clearly targeting. But, it was I mean, everyone – Everyone was saying that he should have slid, and maybe, maybe he should have slid, but still, I think when he's in the process of going down, um, you know, nine times out of ten, that gets called, but what are you going to do? I think, I think in that stance that, yes, he should have been ejected, and, because uh, that's the thing, the NFL is trying to, to limit these dangerous plays, and Jadavian knew what he was doing. That's the thing, it's like, he, he's still a talented player, but he's never had moments like this where he's just gone out and deliberately thrown all of his weight on top of a guy when he's clear. All he had to do was just go touch him right on yeah. the back. That, that's it. And But, man, you know what? There's I think there's – I know it's not too in touch. I know. But when he clearly had – Carson had no idea that dude was coming. Yeah. None. So how the hell is Jadavian going to think that, oh, let me do this somersault on him like a UFC move? Like it, it does suck. It burns. I, this is a what? Unfortunately, a Packers podcast, and you got a bunch of news to get to. So I'd okay. love to talk I, to the Eagles. I wanted time. to vet for you because I knew you had it inside you. And on top of that, you're so right. High, buddy. NFC East champions. True. Thank you. I appreciate you, that. You beat a Dallas team that was <laughs> talked about all year long, saying, "Oh, they got the number one offense. Oh, they got the number one offense all year long. No one would shut up about them." And guess what? Two or two weeks before the season, against with a depleted secondary, a depleted wide receiving core, Carson Wentz at home beat a really talented Dallas team. I'll say this: Dallas is definitely a team that has a lot more questions than answers going into 2020. Speaking of which, Jay Packer and NFL news coming up. Former, former Packer coach Mike McCarthy becomes the new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I kind of, when I first saw it yesterday, when it kind of, they would agree to a deal, it kind of hit me a little bit. I'm like, McCarthy's walloped this team multiple times with Aaron Rodgers. Now he's going to coach for the Cowboys. I'm like, he got basically pushed off by the Jets last year. And hold on, Jay's showing me something. That What, what are you doing? Are you drinking Miller? Oh my God, look at you stepping up. I'm so proud of you. No more uh, Keystone. That is a gentleman's beer right there. I know. God. Now, that, now that we work for a, a media company, I can afford to buy good beer. Oh. Now we work for a media company. We don't. We have the representation of beer, too. Not Keystone. We'll get fired for that. Perhaps someday you'll step <laughs> your way up to Molson. Anyways, Miller, Mike McCarthy. No rap. Less beer. filling. No. Um, so, Mike McCarthy uh, put on Dallas. I just read he had the Rams special teams coordinator moved over to his staff. He signed him and he's keeping Kellen Moore. 
So he's building a super staff right now, folks. He's trying to get people in place to get this talent to where it needs to go. <clears throat> Jay and I have full respect for Mike McCarthy for what he did here. Um, the back end towards his career, we agree he did ride Rogers coattails a little bit, but still he helped bring a Lombardi to green Bay. He has his own street named after him up there. People love McCarthy. I, I have no qualms about it. He just had to move on. It was one of those things where he just had to part ways. Um, I wish him the best. I, we face Dallas next year. So of course, green Bay and Dallas face each other. Um, I'm looking forward to it because McCarthy knows Rogers and what he does, but Rogers in the same stance knows McCarthy's full playbook, Dylan. And all he has to do is go be like, go tell Mike Pettin. I'm like, Hey, he's going to run this. He's probably going to do a couple of these routes. He's going to probably try and uh, go ahead and have the QB do a couple bootlegs and rollouts. Like I feel like Packers would have the upper hand in that game. Well, here's my initial thought. I feel bad for Kellen Moore, which is a weird thought. You don't usually feel bad for guys who get to keep their job. Part of the reason Dallas' offense was so bad. Exactly, and that's the thing. Now, Mike McCarthy comes in, so Kellen Moore is in a a no-win situation to where if the offense stays where it is, like kind of stuck in neutral, then he'll continue to get the blame and he'll get fired. If the offense does better and they win some – you know, obviously they were the number one – um, scoring offense at some point in the season. So it's not like you can really put all the blame on the offensive side of the ball for Dallas. But I'm yeah. just saying if they if they actually make it into the postseason, deep into the postseason next season, do you think Kellen Moore is going to get the credit for that? No, it's going to be because of the coaching yeah. change and Mike McCarthy. So exactly. I do. I kind of feel bad for Moore in that sense. <sighs> yes and no for me because Kel- – I don't know. I just – I didn't know why McCarthy was keeping Kellen Moore on in the first place. That's why I was like, why are they keeping him? Like, this dude didn't know how to use Ezekiel Elliott, probably one of the most prominent backs in the NFL, and he couldn't use him. So that's my thing. Here's Real quick on that, here's my opinion. I think the Cowboys tried to go too much in the L.A. Rams route. Yes, they, they really tried to. They paid Zeke so much, and now they want to save their investment a little bit. So they tried to introduce Tony Pollard and do different things to where you wouldn't have so much on Zeke's shoulders. Use Zeke like a bad habit. Yeah, I think they're going to go back to what's been working, man. That's heavy Zeke, a lot more play action, a lot more bootleg stuff. Um, maybe a little bit less of the wide open. Still do RPO, obviously. You have to do RPO with a guy like Dak, who did plenty of it at Mississippi State, um, yeah. and just find ways to take advantage of that. No, I, def- I I agree there, but I, I just don't think they're hiding their investment when you have a chance to win the division at playing in Philly. Like, you literally have the basically locking up the division there. I just don't see that they're hiding anything, like well, trying to and, save their investment. And Zeke didn't really get too many carries in that game. I mean, I understand. Kellen Moore and John Kitna. <laughs> they're Jerry's boys. That's yeah. what McCarthy's not going to understand, dude. Like, I – I love McCarthy. I've said it before, but Jerry wants what Jerry gets. He had a two-time Super Bowl winning head coach and Jimmy Johnson. And he's like, oh, no. Oh, you're taking the spotlight? Shoot. Oh, here. Here, puppet Barry Switzer. Let me carve you in and let you sit down. Doodle-doo. You say this to the public. You say that. Okay. What player wants this? He gets that. Okay. Like, it's just, no. I, I can't. John Kitna and Kellen Moore are Jerry's boys. Here's a question. Does keeping Kellen Moore give you a hint that they plan on re-signing Dak? I I also have this feeling that they want to give McCarthy maybe 
a chance to try and groom him, but the same stance, maybe give McCarthy a, how do I put this? A fresh start in QB. Maybe, maybe let him go get his QB in the draft this year. That could be. I just think there's something about keeping him on this screams familiarity screams. We want to continue to see what Dak can do on this offense. Um, but that's just my opinion. I really hope. I just, I really hope that they're not going to pay him 30 plus million for Dak. I really hope not. Because <laughs> if they do, they're, they're, it's fool's gold. Like, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You went, what, they went 8-8? Eight and eight? I'm just, I mean, like we said, at one point, uh, for a good stretch of the season, they were the number one scoring offense. So it they is tough to... literally were a... An offense that scored for the first four games on Miami, New York Giants, and Washington were their first three games. When you put up the point differential of like 70 plus 76 in your first four games on teams like that, yeah, you're going to you're gonna have that a little bit. But moving on to other Packers news, rabbit hole a little bit. I am sorry about that, folks. But anyways. Hey, it's super relevant. I mean, it has to be. He's an ex-Packer coach, man. I got to give him his, his uh, little... His recognition can't ignore him, you know. No, and it's ex Super Bowl winning coach. This was a good hire by Dallas. I don't care what anyone says. When they brought in Marvin Lewis for an interview, I'm like, "Yep, this is their Rooney rule." Because um, Marvin Lewis, I'm sorry, I I had a I have to do on this real quick. I had <laughs> a Marquise Goodwill or Marquin Goodwill on uh, for Bear, Brawl Network. One of our guys on there was trying to convince me. Marvin Lewis and Mike McCarthy were on the same tier of coaching. What? Marvin Lewis never won a playoff game as a head coach. Wasn't he like 0-11 in playoff games? Or he is 0-7. and 0-7. 0-7 in 16 years. And McCarthy, Super Bowl, four NFC Championship appearances. And on top of that, eight straight consecutive years. The only other coach to do that was Bill Belichick. You're I'm sorry. Gonna, you're not going to find an I, argument here in that one. I'm sorry. Marvin Lewis, the same coach, like he goes, go look, look at their records. I don't care about their records. What happened when it counted? Like, if you go look at Cincinnati and a couple of those playoff games, they had a stacked roster. Their draft and develop theory was working. Well, that's the reason Jay Gruden got hired. Exactly. And and Washington got put through the freaking garbage disposal for it. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, Andy Dalton looked like a superstar. Hey, Jay Gruden, Jay Gruden was a good coordinator. He sucked as a head coach and leader of men. Oh, exactly. I agree. Well, I got told Hugh Jackson was just a tier underneath Mike McCarthy. I, that's what I knew. I couldn't take. 
Mr. Goodwin's well, opinion seriously. I will, I will say this quickly in the good words of Mr. Ron White. <clears throat> you can't fix stupid. <laughs> no, I mean, that's Why definitely... People a, keep a, hiring discussion. guys like this. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely a huge discussion. You know, who... You got to find the the coach that's hiding in the coordinator and not the coordinator that's pretending to be a coach. Leslie Frazier was the uh, coordinator for for the Bills now, and he's running a pretty dang good system there as a coordinator. And and as a head coach, no. Brad Childress as a head coach, no. There's just some guys that don't work well as coaches. And I think I want to give McDaniels one more shot as a head coach because he went back, he's faltered in Denver, um, he pulled his little okey-doke in, in the, and said, no, I'm just tricking you guys, I'm not going to be a head coach. I think he went back to New England. I think he maybe learned some other things. I think if you give him a quarterback that's going to connect with him really good, like that's what with, with, is me. If, if Cleveland, if Baker connects with him, McDaniels, it could be a special relationship. But we don't know. We don't See, know I, if it's going to happen. I totally bought into the theory coming into the season that this what? was supposed to be Belichick and Brady's last hurrah. And the reason McDaniels backed out of Indy is because he was promised the head coaching job in New England. And now yeah. – Tennessee completely spoiled those plans, and everything's up in the air. Brady, Belichick, McDaniel's, all of it. Yeah, they. I mean, they. God, they're like, "Hey, Brady, you done?" Oh, I don't know. I think I might come back. You know what? Indy, L.A. Screw it. Put him in Chicago. I don't care. He's not going to well, have the same success he had in New England. I have a theory that we can get into later, but you spill it right now. Mm-hmm. We'll save it after then. You're teasing me. I don't like it. You're teasing. <laughs> You're teasing me, Dylan. But also, let's just say it involves a, a a gambler. You mean Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron? Because that's a gambler. I think. Uh, I think maybe Chucky will have something to say about where Mr. Brady ends up. Are you saying John Gruden brings Tom Brady in as an, a Las Vegas Raider? Am I saying that he would make an excellent bridge quarterback between right now and someone we're going to talk about in a little while? Are you saying he's going to roll the crap dice and, and hope for those double snake eyes? If you can get two years out of Brady and develop this particular quarterback coming out of college that they might be able to snag in the first round? Look at you. Jay, what do you think? Brady to the Raiders? Hell no. Brady is not going anywhere (laughs) where they have to rebuild anything. If he's going anywhere, he's going somewhere with a really good offensive line. What's to rebuild? I mean, sure, the defense is young, but the weapons are there. I mean, Tyra Williams. Offensive line is terrible. Like, if it can't protect Derek Carr, if it can't protect Derek Carr, how the hell is it going to keep – Brady. No, they have sorry. they have his ex left tackle and Trent Brown already there. Plenty of draft picks to work with. I mean, it's a theory. I'm not gonna say it's a good one, but it's a theory. I like it, Dylan. But anyways, back to Packers news real quick. So they went ahead and signed Mr. CFL All Star wide receiver Reggie Begleton to a reserve contract as well as a fullback on top of that. Um, you know what? And that fullback's name is Elijah Wellman. 
I I don't know why they're bringing another fullback because they already have a telly, and I know they have another one on the practice squad. And everyone's asking, oh, they can can they use Reggie Begleton and Elijah Willman yet? No, they can't. Reserve contracts are for 2020, folks. These guys have just been signed basically to next year's OTAs, the training camp, stuff like that. So we will see them next year, but we will not see them in the playoffs. But we did get a very nice Raven Green sighting last week off of the injured reserve designation. He's going to be practicing all week. And from what I've been seeing multiple doctors say, on the on the inter Twitter, they went ahead and said that Raven Green looks like he should be able to play. I don't know if he's going to see a lot of snaps, but it just adds more wrinkles to our defense to try and figure out. But you know what? I am just I'm just ready for the Seattle Green Bay game, guys. I don't know if you are. I'm definitely ready for the Seattle Green Bay game, and I'm ready to talk about a couple more head coaches as well. A couple more head coaches. Right, do you mean guys like Matt Rule? I want to talk about Matt Rule and uh, I don't even know his face from the Giants. <laughs> Joe Judge, the the unknown towel boy special teams coordinator? Yes, the judge. Man. Um, A lot of controversy what? with Joe Judge. All I'm going to say is it just came out of left field because the Giants, I read that a report came out and says, oh, yeah, they're going to interview Jason Garrett for the head coaching position. Two minutes later, that Joe Judge got hired by the Giants for head coaching position. I'm like, Dave Gettleman, what the hell are you doing? Like, I, I don't get it. I really don't. It's it's so confusing to me what he's trying to do there. But you know what? We're going to hold off on that until a little bit. We got Mr. I believe I, I'm trying to pronounce your name right. Is it Usaid? Yep, that's it, man. You guys got it. Hey, I, I I try, man. I really try. I wasn't doing, gonna even attempt that one and and butcher it terribly. I was leaving that one all on Dave's plate, and I conquered it. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well, man. How are you guys? Man, Jay and I are hyped up for Packers Seattle football on um, this weekend, and Dylan unfortunately lost his team. He's an Eagles fan. He lost him to the uh, Seattle game last weekend he's still kind of mourning from it which i understand but yes keep keep reminding me thank you whoa 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 hey, we were whoa. just going over what we were talking Stop. about sir you're 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 mucking up the process we got going on here <laughs> all right your first time on the show you called in and it's honorary on this show and our last one we you gotta get... do Brag time, man. Introduce yourself. Tell the world how great you are. Pat yourself on the back. Give yourself a hug and brag yourself up. And I swear to God, if you're humble, I might reach through Skype and pull out your nose hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's up, guys? This is Sade Koshal, executive producer for the Brawl Network, checking on here. Uh, pretty much, yeah. So, love the game of football. You know, been following it for like 14, 15 years now almost. I cover the Bears for two different websites. So, yeah, I'm a Bears fan. Uh, but uh, grew up in New York, watched a lot of the Giants, and just, uh, you know, as a fan, I always hate the Packers, but uh, when it comes to jumping on, a, you know, podcasts and, like, radio shows, etc., always got to have respect for uh, any NFL team, and uh, hopefully I'll try not to trash them too much on the show, so you guys will get a pretty, like, honest, non-biased assessment of Green Bay versus oh, Seattle. Oh, it's fine. Don't it's worry okay. about we, it, we know there's Dillon's, a little... Dillo's an Eagles fan, so he's always busting our balls anyway. Oh, you know, yeah. 
here's the thing, right? So I've got so many friends, right, who are like Green Bay Packer fans. You know, like I know. A... Sounds like you got a good group of friends. I, I mean, you know, you debatable. Just... Shut <laughs> your mouth, Dylan. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, a lot of friends that are Green Bay Packer fans, right? And it's always fun, like getting together with them to watch Bears Packers because it's like you can hate the other team, but you have to respect like the greatness and all the history that exists between the two rivalries. And I think, like, Thank you know, you. in the like the 2010s, for example, like yeah, I get Green Bay dominated that, but it was always fun to see like oh Aaron Rodgers versus like Brian Urlacher, et cetera, all that type of stuff. And I think it's like those types of matchups are always like what makes this rivalry so great. It is. It's the respect of the, like the two oldest franchises. I mean, literally, it's Papa Bear saved Green Bay from going out of money, and and he had to bail them out. And if that didn't happen, the Packers wouldn't continue. Oh, I so I mean, they're this, very uh... interconnected. I said this after the Week 16 game uh, versus the Vikings, and uh, when Rodgers threw that pick, he got baited. And honestly, that was the first time I had seen Aaron Rodgers make a mistake and, and get tricked into a throw, get baited by a DB, and throw an actual honest interception since really Brian Urlacher used to do that to him all the time. And Aaron will acknowledge and talk about it when you bring up Urlacher. He will talk about the fits he used to give him when he would play and bait him in coverage. He threw a lot of his early, NFC Championship game. Threw a lot of his early his early interceptions, even though he's never thrown a lot. If you look at who's picked him off the most, I bet you Erlacher's right up there at the top. And that's that's saying yeah. something because Rodgers, you know, he just hasn't had a lot yeah, of picks and definitely. he doesn't get fooled a lot. So, only Bears jersey I've well, ever owned talking... in my life was an Erlacher jersey. If we're talking matchups, I mean, this game certainly has no shortage of it when you talk Rodgers versus Wagner, Aaron Jones versus Wagner, Clowney versus Bakhtiari on the side. You've got Devontae Adams versus Shaquille Griffin. So it's going to be fun to watch. Um, Automatically, I'm giving the edge to the run game over Seattle's defense. They're 22nd ranked in the run defense, and they're giving up a lot of yards even through the air to running backs. That's one thing I think Aaron Jones is going to shine on this weekend. I mean, yeah, so I guess, like, I know the storyline in this game is going to be, um, you know, Wilson versus Rodgers, but, like, yeah. I think, this, this, so this is the first time that, like, Green Bay and Seattle have met since that, what was it, like, 2015 or 2016? 2014? I'm going to pull the salt in the wound right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's it. I knew it was, like, a couple <laughs> of years ago, but anyway, it's going to yeah. be interesting. You know, I think, like, so, yeah, the quarterbacks are going to be at the center of all this, but, like, I want to see, you know, Aaron Jones, because I think, like, He's been the like you said. He's been the focal point, you know, for Green Bay on offense mm-hmm. this year. And there's like one thing that Matt Lafleur has just done so differently that stuck out is that he's finally beginning to use running backs. Whereas like under um, Mike McCarthy, like for three or four years, it's like they never used running backs. And it was like, yo, the quarterback, like you got to do all the work. And this is the first time that like it's like the first time in forever where Aaron Rodgers just doesn't have to do all the work. That is music to our ears, Jay. Like, we've been preaching that okay. the okay. whole so season. He, he gets in the pod chat today when he's going to tell us he's calling on, and he gets me all nervous about what he's going to say, and then he comes on, <laughs> and he just drops gold. Come on now. Don't get me nervous, and then, and then you know. It's just more respect the Bears fans smart. already have. Oh, like I, oh, it really look, does. I respect. It makes Chicago it hard for me to have this great that. inter, awesome. inner hate for Bears people when you say super smart stuff like that. I'm sorry. I mean, like I said, you know, I said this in the chat earlier. You know, I was like, look, as a you know, as a fan, 
it's like I'll hate the Packers all I want, but when it comes to talking about them on like podcasts or whatever, I'll like you know give you an honest assessment. I think like that's just what it is. You see, like the running game just been such a difference this year, and you know so as a result of it, it's like Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to throw like five touchdowns in a game to keep Green Bay afloat, and you can see like the impact that that's had is it's like Devontae Adams doesn't have to do much, you know, like tons anymore either. I mean, so really just the running game being used now, it's like just really kind of elevated the Packers offense and taking them to yeah. a level that no one's seen. Even though like it may not be like super flashy, it's still getting the job done because you're the number two seed right now in the playoffs. Win is a win. That's how I look at it. When you get it done, hey, you get it done. We got to pay the bills and take a little short break you know, to, you know, pay for the sponsors and stuff. But when we come back, I want to get your opinion on what you think the run game has made a difference with Aaron Rodgers and what you think of Aaron Rodgers, because there's this narrative out there about his numbers and all this. So I want to get your opinion when we come back from break on that. Okay. How do I know that was coming? We'll be right back. Yeah, Cause I'd love to talk <laughs> quarterbacks. You should know that we'll be right back from word from our sponsors. As I pull up Aaron Rodgers. For a special someone, are you just looking to save lots of cash on your sportswear for game day? Then you want to visit fanatics.com using the link thebearsbrawl.com backslash fanatics. Right now, get up to 70% off site-wide and free shipping on orders over $24 in the U.S. by using the promo code. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 24 ship. It's the best place to get all your sportswear needs for you and your loved ones. They've got everything you'll need covering the NCAA, NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, and even MLS. So you don't want to miss out on this great deal. Pick up that phone and visit thebearsbrawl.com backslash fanatics and enter the promo code 24SHIP for up to 70% off site-wide. All right, we're back. And now, let's get your opinion. On I'm back. Rogers. I'm back again. Oh, my God. The singing, if you guys are going to break out in singing, I'm going to stand up and dance the jig, okay? So I, uh, I can, I can do that. Steven Tyler no justice. Did you I say the jig? Yes, Jesus, we can pull out an accordion, too? The last Boy Scout, mother. <laughs> oh, good Lord. All right. Jay, is there a question you wanted to ask Usaid? Yes. Yes, thank you for <laughs> getting us out of that rabbit hole. So, 
So what exactly do you see has affected Aaron Rodgers' game this year? Or or do you look at it like the numbers don't matter because it's a completely different thing they're asking of Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I think it's – so I think it's a bit of both, right? Like, look, the numbers can obviously num- – numbers in the NFL, they can only tell, like, so much of the story, right? And I know some people will look at his stats, right? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, he had – well, yeah, he had like what 26 touchdowns in 2019. And usually, when you think of like Aaron Rodgers carrying a team, you're always used to him throwing like what 35, 40 touchdowns. It's the Superman performance, yeah. Yeah, it's and and why is and it's like why is he had to throw so many touchdowns? Because the last like prior to Lafleur, right, there was like zero talent on offense besides Devonte Adams, maybe. Um, and so now that it, there's just so much pressure taken off him, it just allows him to like basically run the offense. I mean, and do so at an efficient pace without having to do everything for this team. Like I've said, like four times already. I mean, that's just what the biggest difference has been. Now, granted, he can still break out like the Superman performance with like three and a half minutes to go if they're down by like two points or whatever and lead them to a win. I mean, you know, I don't think he's like seriously taken a major step back like some people think he has because there are like a couple throws you look at and you're like yeah you know what four or five years ago he would have hit those and been on the money but like he's still the same Aaron Rodgers of old and he can still just you know completely turn it on whenever he wants to and just go off and that that's okay. my thing oops sorry Jay so if I was to tell you that it's not that he's in the decline like people like Mr. Dominique Foxworth want to throw out there that when you turn on the film, it's a result of bad habits and poor mechanics because of his arm talent. Now, even the most talented guys, if their mechanics get so sloppy and they get such bad habits, even the best of arms can't overcome a lot of that. And so I, I, if I'm going to tell you it's not decline and that when I turn it on, it's consistent of not stepping into his throws, kind of half-assing it, throwing off his back foot, you know, not, not hitting the open guy when he could and instead trying to take a bomb or holding on to the ball. It's all, it's all just bad habits and bad mechanics and he's slowly being coached out of it. What would your, your rebuttal to that be? I mean, so, yeah, I would definitely go back and, you know, really extensively watch the film. I mean, the the deal with the mechanics is this, right, is it's like they're basically the foundation, what I consider them, right, because I do a lot of, like, NFL draft work as well, just scouting prospects, Hey-o. and it's like, uh, so, you know, it's like, here's the deal with the mechanics, Whoa. right, is it's like if your upper body mechanics, like you're rotating your hips all the way to – step fully into a throw if those are okay but your feet your footwork's just bad then your mechanics are gonna be totally off now granted like the mechanics for rogers they may be an issue but it's like they're not you know overly terrible it's not like they're affecting him play to play because he's still like showing tons of flashes and again it's like this is what um the first year in a system for him you know he's a really experienced quarterback like he'll get another once he gets another offseason under his belt uh because you know, and he has like more timing, especially with the younger guys. I think a lot of those issues that some people may see with him this year, they're definitely just going to end up going away because there's tons of there's going to be continuity in Green Bay, and like Lafleur is going to be able to build on it. I think with that right there, I think with what you just said a couple times was 
the fact the Rodgers doesn't have to rely on himself anymore to do it all. So I went and looked it up. Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones both combined for 25 touchdowns receiving and rushing as running backs. And Rodgers only had 26 touchdowns. So with that right there, I mean, that, that you can't ask for a more perfectly balanced running game and passing game. So, Dylan, you're up. Say it. What if I told you that Aaron Rodgers threw twice as many interceptions this season as last season? Oh, oh so he threw four? four. Oh. oh. You're getting the fail horn for that stupid thing while you sat there for five minutes and smiled at us like you were going to give us some revelationary number, and that's what you come up with for that big smile? Fail horn for you, sir. That's terrible. That's why no one respects Eagles fans. You if you put that in bold, Santa. slap it on a headline, that's getting clicks. Oh, yeah, I guarantee it. Rogers throws double interceptions for. <laughs> like, it just doesn't do anything. But, but Uze, what would you say the mad, the advantages are for Seattle in this? Going into a hostile environment, uh, Russell Wilson is 0-3 in Lambeau Field in his career, and the Seahawks are 0-8 at Green Bay. Uh, yeah, so I'd say the biggest advantage for um, Seattle in this whole game – I know I've just got done praising Aaron Rodgers, but I'm going to say it's quarterback play. I think, like, Russell Wilson, really, uh, he's just been on another level, and I think right now, like, he's the best quarterback in the NFL, and that's no disrespect. Better than Lamar? Yeah, I'm going to say uh, – Woo! So, like so here's it. the thing, right? I'm, I'm talking in terms of just, like, the last couple of years, right? I think he's been better – like, Wilson's been better than Lamar. I mean, some of these MVPs, it's like – they have one really good year. I mean, the MVP is like, what? It's a year-to-year award is what it basically is. It's given yeah. to the best player every single year. Wilson, though, he's consistently shown that he can be elite for, like, you know, the last, like, four to five years. And so, what you know, what scares me about this Russell Wilson compared to, like, the last Russell Wilson and the Russell Wilson that was with the Legion of Boom is the fact that this Russell Wilson can be, like, 2014 2015 Aaron Rodgers and just completely light it up and take control yeah. of the entire game. And so I know like, you know, to first of all, is a very tough environment to play in. To play there in the regular season is tough, but to play there in the playoffs is going to be even tougher, especially for a passionate fan base like Green Bay that's back in the playoffs after 3 years, you know. So Wilson Pete Carroll, you know, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, I think right now, like, they're clearly more experienced than um, Matt LaFleur. And I think that that's another advantage is that Pete Carroll's been on the big stage before. I know it's a road playoff game, but he knows how to handle it, whereas you're not really sure what you're going to get from uh, Matt LaFleur. Now, with Russell, he has, for some reason, so Green Bay, when they go to Seattle, it's like their house of horrors. For here, it's the same thing for Seattle and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's been playing godly all season. I completely agree with you on that. But Russell Wilson, when he goes to Green Bay, his total stats are 59 completion percentage, three touchdowns, and six interceptions, and two fumbles. Like, I, I don't get what what it is. It's just when he goes there, it's like his play just plummets. Yeah, and it's, it's certainly interesting, you know. And like you said, you could make the uh, case as well for um, the rest, the other, you know, other side being where Rogers goes to like century link or whatever their stadium name is and kind of like, yeah, you know, flames out too. Now I think what it is, right. Is this is the fact that like, these are the types of games where it's like, no matter how good your quarterback is, 
the team messes up in a lot of other areas and just consistently shoots themselves into the foot to the point where it's like the quarterback just can't do it all at that point, you know? I mean, yeah, I completely agree. And I also think the Seattle with losing that Legion of Boom over time, they have Shaq Griffin, they traded for Quandre Diggs, but if you go look, there's no other, let's say, guys like a, a Richard Sherman or a Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas. Like, there's just those non-big names that we're used to seeing in Seattle. They've all left. Except Wagner and K.J. Wright. Those are the only two I know of that are left. Jadavian Clowney's there. Um, we talked a little bit about him earlier. I have a question on that for you, Usaid. Do you think the hit by Clowney on Wentz was dirty? Uh, it's... You know, the, it's, it's, that so that was Dylan. the type of call that I thought um, could have gone either way, right? And I don't think it was dirty because it's like, look, the game's moving at such a fast speed. It's like a game. They call it a game of inches. It's also a game of like milliseconds, right? And what are you gonna expect Clowney to do there? Just completely like turn his body, risk hurting himself. And Wentz, if you kind of look at it, right, it's not like he was making the sliding motion. He was going down. So. It was the type of thing where, like I said, it could have gone either way. I don't think it was dirty, though, because Wentz, clearly, like, he was not giving himself up. I mean, I agree, but he was still going down in process. I mean, he was still going down, and I just thought Clowney could have done something to try and advert, like, some of his weight, because it was 290 pounds directly on the back of his head, and the NFL preaches how to be safe, and... It just okay. seemed like Clowney kind of okay, went for it. This is where I jump in. That's just I, that's what it is. <laughs> because uh, nope, sorry, I have uh, again. This comes from my MMA background. It's like trying to tell a guy that you have an MMA guys, background. Yeah, it's like trying to tell two guys in a cage that you know what this is. And and I'm gonna tell you this right now. I you know what I have the perfect example of this. Two weeks out before our fight, a big fight, right? We had six guys in our gym fighting a rival gym, six guys. It was our six best versus their six best. We had three-month training camp to get ready for it. Two weeks out, last sparring session. It's supposed to be 60% sparring. Full contact, 60%. We're using 16-ounce open palm gloves so that we can grapple while we're doing our boxing. You're supposed to be pulling punches. Do you know what ended up happening? I got hit with a left hook on a southpaw while I was throwing an uppercut, and I broke my jaw, lost two teeth, and broke my jaw on three spots and ended up fighting 11 days later with a broken jaw. You cannot expect people at any point in a violent contact sport to say, okay, at this point, stop. Only go this speed. It's impossible. I didn't say stop. I just said recognize, basically. I'm saying that we had consciously made the decision, and we do this all the time, and it never works out. You walk in consciously saying, we're going to go 60 to 75%. Pull your punches at the end. It never works because once you get the adrenaline going as an athlete, whether you're practicing or not, you cannot stop. It's like basic physics, man. And I'm tired of everybody acting like, again, like, people that are athletes suddenly can defy logic, can defy physics, and are all of a sudden unworldly beings that aren't part of this world or human, the human race. It's ridiculous. Okay? Hey, Skip Bayless and Rich Eisen both said dirty hit. That's all I need to hear. I don't care what Skip says. Rich He's is smiling. pretty solid. You said Skip smiling is, because uh... he knows intellectually I'm, I'm right. Well, I think yeah, that... It's... 
Tony tucked his head in a certain way. Like, I, like it's over. It's it's it is what it is at this point. I, it you know seemed dirty to me, but it's not like Dylan it, salty. It, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it was a dirty hit. Should it have been called? I don't know. I, I, live action. Okay, Dylan should have slid, like a lot of people say. Dylan, here's what you need. Well, here's the silver. Here's the silver lining. No, just shut up a minute. Here's I'm worked silver, up about it. Here's okay? the silver lining. This will make you feel better. The silver lining of this is, is you're going to get a Disney classic movie that twists the end of this movie to happiness where the 40-year-old quarterback in his first playoff game wins against the big-time divisional guy and goes on to win the championship. It may not be completely true, but what they'll say is it's roughly based on a true story. (laughs) And so instead of you actually winning something, just like, you know, you guys didn't actually win in 1980, but you got the movie Invincible about Vince Papali. Like, and at the end, like, he was this huge Don't you dare. Like, I'm just saying, that seems to be Philly's thing. You have a statue of a fake character that really didn't do anything, okay? And he's like, and now, and then you've got a statue next to him of a backup quarterback that really wasn't a quarterback for the entire Philly season. Philly fans, DM me. I will send you Jay's address. I'm just saying, like, there's a consolation prize there. You're going to get another oh Disney my classic movie. They'll probably call it like they'll probably like call it like Cade or something like that. And, you know, change the names and likeness and teams and all that. And, and you should be thankful. You got something out of this. Scene. All right, you two, go get a room. Go get a room. <clears throat> Saying. I got another question for you, brother. Um, how do you feel DK Metcalf has broken out of this moniker of not being a first-round pick caliber? I mean, so, you know, it's – I think, like, he's finally – He's definitely becoming the receiver that everyone thought he could be. It's like, look, last year at this time, right, because I'm actively involved on draft Twitter, um, I had people telling me, like, yeah, this guy's going to be, like, he was wide receiver one. He's going to be, like, a top five, top ten pick solely because of his size. And I was like, yeah, the size is definitely there, but there are a lot of, like, other red flags. And I think just working with a guy like Wilson, you know, you kind of – Russell, right? You see, like, a lot of some of those red flags go away. So it's good to see him breaking out because, like, he was one of my best draft prospects in 2019. And I think that, like, when Seattle landed him with the 64th overall pick, I was like, hey, you know what? He's going to a perfect situation. He could legitimately end up, like, being one of the early steals of the draft. And I think, like, it's really yep. paid dividends. And, you know, just to talk. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Top off, like, his perfect rookie season. The icing on the cake was really the way that he showed up and was like, you know, Robin to, like, Russell Wilson's uh, Batman. 
Look, everyone knew that he could run a, a go route. I mean, that was clear on the tape. That was clear when he went to the combine. The big question was after the three cone. I mean, it was worse than Tom Brady's, if I'm not mistaken, going all the way back. So people were just worried whether or not he could move. Yeah, people were just worried whether or not he could change direction. I think it was something like nine receivers got taken ahead of him. So now Seattle looks like a genius in the way that, you know, people say the Ravens are geniuses for taking Lamar Jackson, even though they took Hayden Hurst before they ever thought about drafting Lamar Jackson. So it's just interesting the way things work out. Well, it's just like when Seattle got criticized for taking Rashad Penny. A lot of people had Rashad Penny graded as like a second, third, second round, third round running back, and he ended up looking like a pretty, a pretty good stud running back uh, complement for Chris Carson as he came in when Carson was hurt and flashed. So it just Seattle takes these guys that has the possibility to be a first rounder and takes them there, or even takes them in the second and does well with them. I mean, look what so, they did for Matt Flynn. How dare you? Matt Flynn helped win us the NFC uh, NFC North title in 2013, sir. How yeah, dare and, you? And, you know, just getting back to that, like, NFL draft discussion with the Seahawks, so I think, like, part of it is, so, you know, the good franchises, they do their homework on as many prospects as they can, and they know the ins and outs of them, you know? But then at the same time, the other part of it is it's like when you have a really good developmental system in place where the GMs, the front office, the personnel department, scouts, everyone's on the same page, like that pays much bigger dividends than people think. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, to have the system that Pete Carroll's got there in Seattle, it's just one of the ones that does not get enough credit like last. So in. The 2018 offseason, when Seattle moved on from, like, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor mm-hmm. retired, everyone's like, yo, what's this team going to be? Because it was basically, like, Russell Wilson and everyone else. They went to the divisional round last year. And then Carroll, like, really developed that talent this past offseason. A lot of it returned. It's really taken off. And so you see, like, the great coaching, how it's had an impact on a lot of the guys that they drafted. And quite frankly, like, who cares what anyone thinks? If you're going to take Rashad Penny in the first round when, like, you know, someone else has him as like a second or third round guy. It doesn't matter because if you develop him properly, he's going to take off. Yep. And Schneider and Carroll, both the GM and the coach are perfect fits. Like you said, they communicate, they tell each other what they want. I mean, obviously the GM's job is to get the coach players he wants that he wants to be able to have a plug and play on this team. And, and Schneider does it for him. It's a really good fit. And and like what you just said, Russell last year took a nobody to the playoffs. I mean, Russell's been killing it. So I can't sit there and down the Seahawks because of the people they just and plus they go out and add guys like Jadavian Clowney. I mean Ziggy Ansah. But the one thing that I've noticed about Seattle who said is uh the offensive line has never seemed to be like a solid strength for them. Even all the way back when Marshawn was there in his prime the offensive line has never been solid for them ever. Yeah. And I totally agree. It's like, cause you know, I remember um, when the bears were playing the Seahawks in on Monday night football in 2018, uh, what happened is I think, so Seattle allowed like five sacks in the first yeah. half and it's always, it, you know, it's just always been an issue, right? The offensive line. I think when you look at um, a lot of the, 
high or elite quarterbacks in the NFL, like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, obviously. Um, one of the big Carson Wentz before he went down with the injury, right in 2017, he was playing at an MVP level. What was the big like theme with all those guys is the fact that they had a really solid offensive line. I mean, um, you know, and that's one thing that Russell Wilson has never had. And it does kind of make me wonder, like, could that be a difference maker in this game? Seattle's lack of offensive line versus like the, uh, you know, Smith brothers and Green Bay's uh, front seven. And I think that ultimately, like, I'd pick Green Bay's front seven to win right now just because like Seattle's offensive line, like, yeah, they're going to make the adjustments at halftime if things go absolutely haywire in the first half. But, um, you know, Green Bay's got a really underrated pass rush, and I think that this is the perfect opportunity for them to kind of showcase, like, yeah, we've been doing it all year, and we can definitely do it in the playoffs, too. Well, what the biggest you... aspect of... Whoop. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. The biggest aspect with that is I saw that Dwayne Brown was out last week. Mike Aopati was out, um, for, and he's the guard they picked up from San Fran. I mean, it looks like they may miss this weekend, and they, Pete Carroll's like, oh, we're kind of optimistic that they could play. So it sounds like they're going to try and play hurt. I don't know what's worse. Do you put in a backup again, or do you put in the hurt player at 60% against two Smith brothers and Kenny Clark, who's been killing it? Kenny Clark has six and a half sacks to end out the regular season in five games. I mean, he's been killing it in the interior line. So if you especially you get if you get a blitz with Zadarius Smith and Kenny Clark up the middle on that one backup guard, you're just asking for trouble. So I think Seattle's gonna have to do a lot of bootlegs. I think they're gonna have to try and get the pocket to move with Russell, or else yeah, they're gonna be a dead in, dead in the water with Russell trying to get out of there. Yeah, I definitely agree. And like Russell's really got the mobility, right? So he's definitely shown time and time again, like he can escape the pocket and uh play that superman role but then at the same time it's like mike Patton's a good defensive coordinator and i think like for him you know it's gonna kind of get to a point where it's like he's gonna make the adjustments and eventually i think that they might just end up figuring out a way to um slow wilson down or just not let him escape the pocket yeah best ways to contain and jay did you want to say something well i was just gonna ask him um, what his opinion on zadarius smith is just on a as a player and how much of a surprise it is for him. And then where you kind of see him fitting in amongst the top defensive players in the league this year. So, yeah, you know, um, going into 2019 off season for me, it was like, all right, green Bay, you need to upgrade your pass rush, you know, because clay Matthews had so many dominant years, but like towards the end of his stint in green Bay, it was like, yeah, this guy just can't be a number one edge rusher anymore. And then what kind of happened is, uh, so they went out and they signed both Preston and Darius Smith. I think it's clear that the, um, and I was kind of skeptical of those signings as well. So I was like, Oh, these could like really pan out or they could just absolutely suck. Cause again, green Bay is a team that they just really don't even dip into free agency. And when they do, it's like kind of Hello, weird. Brian Gutekunst. And so oh, Zadarius Smith, right. I think like he's firmly cemented himself as like one of the best outside linebackers in the game. I'm going to say like he's top 10 up there, you know, because it's like you have different tiers, right. And it's like in your tier one for outside linebackers, you've got like Khalil Mack and Von Miller. Um, and then, you know, tier two, you've got, you got guys like um, Danielle Hunter, uh, the guy for the line yeah, Trey Flowers him and then like Zadarius Smith and safe to say like this has been really a uh, breakout year for Zadarius Smith and I think that like 
you're a Green Bay fan, you got to be super excited because you have like your first legitimate pass rusher in a really long time. Well, what I mean, if Preston I was Smith is right behind him at eleven sacks? What if I was to tell you that Preston Smith is tier two, and and if you're talking about this season, those guys you told me aren't tier one, aren't tier one this year. That actually Zadarius Smith is the top of tier one this year because if you turn on the, I tape, think Mac had eight sacks this year. He was he was completely like he was washed all year. And here's my point about Zadarius and why I'm saying he's he's reset the standard of just edge rusher. He is literally for six straight weeks. He is lined up and beat from all front seven positions, including both the Sam and Mike middle linebacker in a three four and over the center and has absolutely dominated across the board, and not just, well, it's this game, and he gets it. He has dominated in game on all all phases of the front seven and beat all five offensive linemen on just about every down. When I turn on the film, there's one player that, when he's on the field, when he's not taking a breath, he's always the first guy to make the play disruptive or the guy that's eating up the most linemen and still dominating and you don't know where he's at he is literally the front seven epitome of what the Packers had with Charles Woodson in the secondary what would you say about that I mean I'd say I really agree right now regarding your statement about um you know me like Matt like Khalil Mack not being in tier one I think like so if you're going based off numbers right you look at it and be like yeah this guy's not in tier one I know like Mack wasn't um you know Mack didn't stuff the stat sheet a lot this year but I think like with the way things played out for the Bears is he still like had a big impact on the game and I think that like that also needs to be looked at is you don't necessarily have to stuff the stat sheet to um have an impact on the game but like you know I'm looking forward to seeing Zadarius Smith like dominate with what did he have like this year like 14 sacks almost right yeah it was um, 13 and a half yep. yeah uh looking forward Not to even doing 14 that. but no here's here's the thing guys when I love okay, I love the stack the sack stat, right? But to me, what what makes me want to say and make the statement about Zadarius resetting the tier one and the standard, it's not about the sacks or the numbers. Okay, you said what what I'm saying is he is absolutely wrecking the game and it doesn't matter who he lines up or where he lines up in the front seven. I have I literally I cannot say I saw that from Reggie White or a Bruce Smith. Or or a JJ Watt, like yeah, I can say yeah, they lined up on the both you know both ends and this and maybe on this player that play they had their hand. No, in, JJ off the JJ lines up inside. He did it again. He in the doesn't game. line up as a middle linebacker in the three four. That's my point. Like, dude, when yeah, I see Zadarius big. Smith playing Mike linebacker and they're saying fifty five to Mike, fifty five to Mike, and then all of a sudden I don't know where the hell he ends up and he's coming from and the next play. He's like 55's Mike, and then he walks over, and then dude, the other Mike, the other guy switches, and he's Mike now. He's the Sam middle linebacker, and then he 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 stunts and twists with two. Like he is literally doing everything you can possibly ask from a guy. That's seven different positions. Let's talk about that from a mental standpoint and a workload mentally too. Like I don't think that's being said enough. That's why when I like. It's not because he's a Packer, dude. It's because when I turn on film, I love defense because defense is one of the few things that is still old school, man. You just you either are mean and ugly and can do it 
or you're you're just soft and getting pushed around, right? And so I love defense. He he's nuts, dude. It's nuts to watch what he's doing and how Patton is utilizing him and and deploying him down in and down out because it never seems to be the same twice. It's crazy. Now, Usain, who, who do you think as a wide receiver for Green Bay has a bigger advantage this weekend? Obviously, Adams is going to uh, face up against Shaq Griffin, but now you're going to get Mr. Trey Flowers against Alan Lazard. So who do you think is going to have a chance to show out here more? Do you think it's going to be Alan Lazard or Adams? So obviously, like the primary, you know, go-to option in this offense is, um, well, at least in the passing game, is going to be Adams. But um, I still think, that uh, Alan Lazard's also got a pretty good chance to show out. You know, Green Bay, they know what, I'm sorry, Seattle, they know what um, Adams can do, so they're going to focus on game planning him. I thought Alan Lazard's a guy that uh, really doesn't get, really all year has not gotten enough credit for what he's done because he's made some excellent catches. Came out of nowhere, too. He was six on the depth chart. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, here's the thing, right? So when you – I look at this, like, Green Bay receiving court, it's like I'm always used to seeing, from an outsider's perspective, always used to seeing, like, Adams, Cobb, and Nelson. Those guys have kind of gone on. And going into the year, a big question I had was, who's going to emerge as, like, the number two guy? Yeah. And then, you know, I scouted Lazard heavily in the draft process, um, and he really stood out to me. And when he got picked up by Green Bay, I was like, you know what? This could – actually be like that number two guy that they've kind of been missing since they moved on from Jordy Nelson. And so I think like Lazard, he could have a pretty big game. Um, You know, he was undrafted. That's what boggled my mind a little bit. Like the guy put up just as good of stats as the kid that's coming out of Iowa state this year. So I don't get why they're not, I don't get why they're not really, I don't know. It's just it's shocking to see him undrafted and Green Bay picked him up just like that, especially when other guys are having similar stats. Yeah, you know, so with Lazard, right, it's like he's, you know, he's never, he's not going to be like a true number one ever, at least I don't think. Oh, God, no, I know that, yeah. But, like, he will make an excellent second option, and I think that you're going to see, like, a lot of that on Sunday. I mean, it seems like what they relied on him, especially in the Minnesota game, a lot of slants were used with him. And it seems like he's taken on that Donald Driver role and what Driver used to be for the offense, where he'd always be that inside slant, 7 to 10 yards, first down, move the change, same thing. Slant, slant. If if a team's not going to stop it, Rodgers is going to take it all day long. So, yeah, especially that's why I think Lazard has a chance to step out here and show out because – I know the Seattle DBs don't usually play man-on-man the whole game. They usually stick on one side, and you'll see Trey Flowers play against Adams. You'll see Shaq Griffin play against Adams. But I feel like their safeties do get beat against a little bit better receiving cores and guys like Adams. Because you go look at the San Fran game, Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel were just torching that secondary. Yeah, and I think, like, so I think, Part of that problem, right, with Green Bay is the fact that, like, they – so I know Jay kind of touched on, like, or, you know, went on this, like, huge praising of uh, Zadarius Smith. But I think part of it also, right, is why offenses have kind of been able to feast on Green Bay in the middle of the field is because there's not, like, a speedy, super physical, like, legitimate middle linebacker there. Oh, we know. (laughs) And that's why, like, when I interact with you guys on Twitter, I'm like – 
I'm like, yeah, you know, hopefully they can pick up someone like Dylan Moses. Um, so it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He read, he read. Said he's going back for his senior season. Dude, we are we are hoping and praying that Gunakuns continues to do what he does and and makes moves to get the players he knows are going to make impacts instead of sitting around and drafting the freaking Dayton Jones and Nick Perry's of the world <laughs> in the mid twenties. Justin Harold. Like, let's be real. Like, okay, I don't want to get in this rabbit hole, but honestly, has that not been a huge difference? I'm not going to dive in this rabbit hole, but I'm going with this rabbit. Hole. And their philosophy, well, because I'm giving it to him and he can answer it quick and we can get on because we got to get to break and I want to see if he wants to join Dylan and those two can get into some draft stuff because, uh, you know, we're getting we're getting to that point. But, yeah, just so, I want to so see you, if you see the difference in the draft philosophy because, God, there it seems like with him, he's already rebuilt in just a couple of big move drafts and then free agency – and in a couple of years, he's done what it, it never seemed to be done in all the years under Ted Thompson. So, yeah, here's what I'll say to that real quick, you know, is the fact that, like, so Ted Thompson was always, like, a draft and develop guy. Guten though, the deal with him is this, is it's like he knows when to pull the trigger. You look at 2018, I mean, he traded back with the Saints to get that extra first-round pick, which ended up turning into a Darnell Savage, right? And the thing with um, so Thompson was just ultra conservative, and it's like that doesn't the style doesn't work in today's NFL. Is you got to be willing to kind of get out there in free agency, yes. and um, you know, make your um, you know, kind of like you know, basically swing for the fences, right? Because when you swing for the fences, you either hit the home run or you don't. Um, and so that's been the biggest thing with Gutenkiss, which is why he's kind of like sped this uh, rebuild up. And I think like with a third good solid year of drafting under Gutenkiss, you're going to have the foundation because even right now, like they have a good foundation there, but they could still add some pieces to it. I mean, you'll look, I mean, you said like he's, he doesn't, uh, he isn't afraid to pull the trigger. You got Jair Alexander traded up for him. Darnell Savage traded up for him. So if he wants a guy, he's going to go get him. And if, especially with guys you just mentioned, like Dylan Moses, I wanted him to not go back to Bama. He was a stud. We know Isaiah Simmons is going to be way up on the board. Kenneth Murray, I think, is right for the taking. And I think would be a hell of a three-down linebacker for the Packers that's, defense. That's a good teaser. Or, that was a small detail. But Small it's a detail. detail worth mentioning that they traded back before they traded up to get Jay. They did, but he still traded. That's the thing. He yeah, traded to trade. That's called then, making. That's like some Madden shit, man. Like for real. Like yeah, that's that's some like straight up like I'm online 
playing some Madden shit. I don't know. You know what? Like, well, you know this guy's like, oh, I just man, oh, I'm, just tra- I'm just trading all over the place it because be I can. Because he, he got his first rounder. He took a first rounder away from New Orleans and then went back up and got Jair. That never happened. But, hey. But, you, you say, I got one more thing. Well, first What's of your all, prediction? do you? Yes, I want that. But uh, do you want to stick around for the last part of the okay. show and and go through draft stuff with Dylan? You said you, I heard you say draft, and you Dylan's going to get into it. And really, and yeah, honestly, um, well, honestly, it's too early, really, for me. I'm still focused on what's going on on actual game days, right? And Dave's a little into it, but you're a little. You're into Are you it. Kidding me? If you're into it and you're a guest, you're more than welcome to stick around and go back and forth. Dave, I got to keep him regulated because he's already hasn't let poor Dylan talk. And it, it, you know, so, but I'm sorry, man. No complaints here. Yeah. So what I'll do is this, right? So, um, I'll, uh, I got to hop on out of here early tonight, guys, because I got family in town. But, um, I'll have to hop on sometime close to the draft, right? When everyone's kind of on the same page. Then we can go back and forth on, um, why I, Oh my God! Yeah, why uh, the Packers won't be getting Isaiah Simmons, but why they will Kenneth be getting Murray. Kenneth Murray, and what advantages he Ooh. presents over um, Isaiah Simmons? Okay, I like it. Golf clap, sir. I like that. Family right, in town. One more. You say one more. Go ahead, there. How would you feel instead of Kenneth Murray, maybe a Raquan Davis to put next to Kenny Clark? I, that would be a really interesting one too, right? So, so Raekwon Davis is a guy that I think I'm higher on. That I honestly, I'm much higher on him than most people are, because I well. it's like this. Is, so here's a guy, right? I think that if he, I think right now most people have like a day two grade on him, all like the talent evaluators. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you watch the game, you know, when you all the times I watched Man Man 2019, it's like. I was like, this guy, if he tests really well at the combine, does really well in the interviews, does really well with all the pre-draft visits with the team and whatnot, this is a guy that could, like, rise up. Because every single year you have those, like, handful of prospects that people are, like, fringe border, um, you know, they're, like, not really considered to be, like, for sure day one prospects. They're day two, but some team will take a chance on them because they believe in the potential and the upside that that player provides. And I think that, like, Raekwon Davis honestly fits that mold right now. And I think if you pair him up um, next to Kenny Clark, like, it's going to be a uh, one-two duo that's going to be super hard to stop for years to come, especially because Petten's shown that he can develop his players the right way. You just made my heart warm up. I love it. All right, dude. We are gonna take a break. Appreciate you coming on, brother. I appreciate you coming on. We we all love having you on. Look, like I said, we gotta get all. We gotta get. You know, you gotta help us since you're. You know, you're one of the big wigs here. You gotta help spread the word and get get these other guys on here and tell them not to. We have Austin on all the time. We don't want Austin anymore. Yeah, we gotta get all these (laughs) other guys. They gotta come in and come in, and they gotta say they they don't have to stay a long time. They can come in and come out as they please. But they, we don't want all these people being scared because it's live. I know they all like to record and edit and all that, but you know, like, yeah, you, know, like, you, know, you just come on live, man. Even that crap talking Aaron from the Bears brawl, I want yeah, him out here. They're on here. <laughs> no, you mean, have fun. Hold on, hold on. You mean you want Aaron from the Tailgate Show on? That one, yes. All Sorry. of them. So, we're sit, we're calling so, yeah. all brawl pods. Get your butts on here and say hello, and you know, do the we thing live, man. We talk some football, man. Like, 
you know, especially as it's coming up. And you gotta give it, you gotta be able to plug it. Like we're live, man. It's what better way to plug it live? Have some fun. Let let your hair down. As folks, Dylan is here. I'm sorry for over talking him. <laughs> Still here. Still here, everyone. All right, we're taking a break. All we right, appreciate guys. you. All right, see. You. Why are you I'm leaving, gonna... Dylan? You're not leaving. Someone, or are you just looking to save lots of cash on your sportswear for game day? Then you want to visit fanatics.com using the link thebearsbrawl.com backslash fanatics. Right now, get up to 70% off site-wide and free shipping on orders over $24 in the U.S. by using the promo code 24SHIP. It's the best place to get all your sportswear needs for you and your loved ones. They've got everything you'll need covering the NCAA, NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, and even MLS. So you don't want to miss out on this great deal. Pick up that phone and visit thebearsbrawl.com backslash fanatics and enter the promo code 24SHIP for up to 70% off site-wide. And we're back. And they're picking on the fact that I got gray in my beard, but you know what? I can still probably outrun you, young guns. You're damn right, because you know what? I'm going to let you run, and I'm going to sit and drink a beer. I would have to stretch, <laughs> and then I would have to say, uh, No never stretching mind. required here. Dylan and I have worn out our days on the Village Green. We're done. All right. I... We've talked enough, Dave. It's Dylan's <laughs> turn. Get at it. All right. Well, I figured... Uh... Since the big news was made just the other day, Mr. Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback from Alabama, made his declaration for the 2020 NFL Draft. Seemed like a great time to do a deep dive into Tua, the tugboat himself, um, get into a little bit of how his career has gone thus far, get into a little bit of where we think he's going to go in the draft, um, just who he has, who he is as a person, what he's been able to put up stats-wise. And, uh, yeah, so let's get right into it. Obviously, he ended this last season with that hip injury uh, versus Mississippi State that was a little bit controversial because some people say, should he have been in the game? Should he not have been in the game after they lost? Thanks, Nick Saban. <laughs> after they'd already lost to Georgia, that game was basically meaningless. Um, so it was kind of a bummer, obviously, to see him go down with that injury. But after he made his declaration the other day, it kind of tipped the um, the college world, the scout world, if you will, the football world off as a whole, that we think that he got the good news, that he spoke to scouts, that he spoke to GMs around the NFL, or you know, at least got word somewhere along the line that he was still projected to be a top pick. Um, otherwise, I expect there was, him out by the 15th pick, to be honest. I really do. I expect him out by 12. Ooh, I mean, I thought I was being ballsy. Never mind. Maybe even five. I mean, when you think about it, when you go through the list. But uh, somebody yeah. trades up, they might. Let's just start with the basics. So two is six one. Obviously, a little short for quarterbacks historically. You know, guys recently like Baker and Kyler, and you can think of Russell Wilson and Drew Brees before them. They're the shorter six one quarterbacks, two hundred eighteen pounds. He's from Hawaii. He is of Samoan descent. He's one of those. Burly guys built like a brick, you know what house. He's an offensive lineman built in a quarterback's body. He 
is mobile. Like he can move around. He's certainly not Lamar Jackson. Um, may not even be Jalen Hurts when it comes to being a runner, but his pocket presence is spectacular, and he's definitely it's an enough athlete. to extend the play. No doubt about it. He can extend the play. He can do what Deshaun Watson does. So listen, burst onto the scene as a freshman, just unreal game. Alabama is playing Georgia in the national title game. Willie Beeman, third string on the bench, reading a newspaper, forgot his helmet. It's halftime. Bama <laughs> is down. They need a spark. What does Nick Saban do? He turns to his freshman quarterback, true freshman, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. comes in and absolutely lights a spark underneath the tides, a little behind. Comes in, throws a touchdown. Everyone's on fire. All of a sudden, before you know it, it's overtime. And Tua is putting the dagger into the Bulldog season as he throws a pass right down the left hash mark for the overtime touchdown to win the game. Absolutely big balls Mahoney move by Nick Saban. Absolutely um, had everyone drooling as to the possibilities with this young man and what were they going to do. It was QB controversy QB controversy in Alabama. You know, what was going to happen? And lo and behold, Jalen Hurts transfers to Oklahoma. Uh, Tua is basically hand. Well, first they went through that season where they tried to make it work for a little while doing the two quarterback thing. They would have Tua pass and Jalen come in for certain packages. But, you know, obviously that type of thing can get messy. So eventually it is turns into what we saw last year with Hertz being in Oklahoma, Tua getting laid the reins. In 2018, had his best season yardage wise, um, touchdown wise, certainly. Threw for 3,966 yards in 2018, 43 touchdowns and six interceptions. So that's spectacular. I mean, that's a great touchdown to interception ratio. That's great yardage for an Alabama quarterback. And when when you think back to guys like, you know, Greg McElroy, AJ McCarron, Ooh. he's certainly, uh, you know, certainly right up there yardage wise. And I understand that Alabama obviously airs it out much more than they ever have too. So that's part of it. But you got guys um, like rugs, yeah. You're going to air it out, Judy, (laughs) where you just throw it up. World-class speed, right? So you got to use it. Um, On the same hand, um, you know, comes into 2019, ends up throwing about 100 less passes on the season, which has turned into 2,840 yards, only 33 touchdowns compared to 43 from the year previous, but also um, decreased his interceptions on the year. He only had three. So he's certainly a guy that takes care of the ball. Like we said, he has great pocket presence. Um, I think he is a much better touch passer than as far as driving the, the words ball. words out of my mouth. I was about to say it. Yeah, he, he can throw the deep ball. He can give you a nice, um, you know, throw right up the seam to your tight end if he, you need to fit it in that, between the two safeties. Put it in the bread basket type throw. Right over the shoulder, him, Trevor Lawrence, and Joe Burrow are like the only three QBs this year I've seen been able to do that consistently. Yeah, he can put it into tight windows, and he has great anticipation. The only thing is um, he obviously doesn't have the arm strength of yeah. a Joe Burrow, uh, Jacob Eason, guys who, when they get to the, the combine workouts, when they get to their pro days, they're going to throw the 20-yard, you know, the 25-yard deep outs and absolutely have scouts drooling, yeah. whereas that's not really to his type of game. But he does have great anticipation, you know, and I feel like when Russell came out – he he was viewed as having better arm strength. You know, it was talked about how he played baseball yeah. and that sort of thing. So it'll be interesting to see um, what type of workout programs Tua does because he's already going to be trying to rehab his hip. So is he going to have enough time? 
on that, now I have then. an update at when you're done, though. No, go ahead. I was going to say, Tua actually had a medical visit in New York with his doctor before he made the announcement because that was going to determine whether he was going to stay or not. They told him he's ahead of schedule, meaning he should be able to come straight into OTAs, start working with the team, and his chances of playing in 2020 as a starting QB are the highest they've ever been since the injury. And that's great news, and that's kind of it what is. everyone thought. I'm glad for him. Yeah, when, when he decided to declare, because obviously you wouldn't have declared if you thought you were going to get dropped down and risk your your chances going into the SEC yet again, you know, and have another injury happen. So I'm definitely happy he's ahead of schedule. Happy Those aren't boys, available. those are men, folks. SEC is <laughs> a bunch of men. It will hurt you, just saying. Um, but, yeah, just, just some quotes about Tua and who he is as a passer. Um, Trent Dilfer was quoted as saying, most gifted passer coming out of high school that I've ever seen. Mel Kuyper described him as a left-handed Drew Brees. Okay. Um, and Nick Saban had this to say about Tua um, after their last game. He's obviously been asked about um, his declaration and things like that. So- if you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial Level. LLC, member SIPC. Here's what Saban had to say about Tua. Tua has probably had just as much of an impact on our program here as any player that we've ever had. You're talking about Alabama. That's a huge statement already. I'm not just talking about as a football player. He's got great character. He's a great leader. He's done a wonderful job in the classroom. There's a spirit about him that has impacted myself and everybody around him in a very, very positive way. He's had great accomplishments on the field, but you probably really fully you probably don't really fully understand the significance of the contributions that he's made off the field with his teammates and the people who are around him every day. That's coming from Nick Saban. That's coming from one of the most, if not the most respected college coaches in football right now. And if you don't think that's going to go a long way in the interviews and uh, what GMs have to say about Tua, then you're crazy. See, Saban, I know Saban said all these great things about him, but to me, he's also the guy that got him hurt. He was already hurt when he played him. I feel like Saban, I'm sorry, as a coach from Pee Wee to up to the NFL, if you know your players hurt to the point where he can barely move, when we watched that game, Dylan, he came back in and after he had the surgery, came back in against LSU, it was bad. Like, LSU was it's like sharks in water. They knew something was wrong. And he, when he tried to roll out of the pocket, he couldn't even do it. He fell down because he couldn't even put pressure on his leg. So for Saban to acknowledge that and still keep him in the game after he started him knowing this, sorry, I, I lost a lot of respect for Saban after that because this is a kid who's on his last year possibly going into the NFL, and you want to freaking do that for a freaking – a college championship, which you already have plenty of, and you have five-star recruits behind Tua stacked up like waffles at Waffle House. It's tough. I think there's a lot more voices involved than just Saban. Obviously, you have Tua himself. You have the training staff. You have Tua's Players say they'll play through anything all the time, but it comes down to medical staff and Saban. I know. I know. Listen, if we're going to pay these kids, if we decide that they're old enough to get paid 
and do this and that, I think we should also have them decide whether or not they can stay in a football game. So uh, it's tough, man. No, I, I definitely agree, but I'm glad he's doing better. But, but the thing is, I just hope to God the injury doesn't flare back up. That's my only concern is that injury doesn't flare okay. back up for him because I think with right now, I think he could go for a good spot, 10th to Miami. I think it'd be a great fit. A couple of things. I had to go up and check the kids and make sure they were in bed, first of all. Second of all, I was listening. I heard two things. First of all, no, he cannot and will not, and nobody ever will be as douchey or as stupid or as as, as overrated as a left-handed Drew Brees, okay? Oh, how do we know that was coming in? Secondly, secondly, how old is Tua? Tua Tugvailoa. He's got to be, I believe, 20 years old. Oh, I think he's older than that, isn't he? Because he's a junior. 21. Okay. So he he can vote. He can buy liquor. They just raised it to 18 to 21 for tobacco. He can buy tobacco. He can drive a car. He can live on his own. He's probably not living at home anymore with his mom and dad. He can go get a job. At the some point here... Unless the medical staff says he can't play, like, and they're like the end all. They're the one that can really do this all. No coach is going to be able to keep a player there. Because at the end of the day, that he doesn't know whether two is for sure going to stay or leave. But he knows if he pisses him off, he's definitely not going to stay. And that's his job is to keep kids, not just to get them to the NFL. His job is to develop kids to win games for his program. I know it seems bad, but, like, this is also coming from a guy, like I said earlier. I'm 11 days out, and I went through an entire medical check without the medical guy or the commissioner of the league that we were, you know, that was there to make sure we were following the rules knowing that I still had sutures in my mouth from a broken jaw and having jaw surgery, okay? No way should I have gotten in that cage that night. But, like, and my coaches knew it, and literally I got in an argument and almost punched one of them that if they ratted on me, I was going to go find and fight for the rival gym the next from now on. Like, there's just a, some point where... Now, had the medical staff got me, there would have been nothing I could do. They would have took my gloves. They wouldn't allow me to go in, all that stuff, or they wouldn't have signed off on my tape. That's my point here. Like, it, there, there's only one entity here that you can be mad at, Dave, and it's the medical staff. If, and if they cleared him and let, and it was said, well, you know, they did that with Aaron Rodgers with his leg, basically like, well, we wouldn't recommend you play, but if you can play through the pain, really there's no further damage you could do to it, and he played a whole season. Now, if the coach would have said, no, I'm going to sit you down, you don't think that would have been good. I just think Saban has more control even over medical staff, too. I'm sorry. The guy is looked at like Jesus Christ there in Alabama. I mean, I think if he says the medical staff, no, he's going to play. I, I think they're going to like, okay, sorry, Nick, sorry. We just want to keep our jobs. Um, I just – I'm glad he's doing better overall. I am hoping for Tua, Dylan. I don't know if you see the same spot, but I see him at 10th to Miami. Well, right now, I don't see Miami as pick number 10. That's the only thing. I think right now they're at pick number five. 
And that's absolutely. I'm sorry about that. Five. I don't know why I had number (laughs) ten stuck in my head. My fault. No, I think that makes a lot of sense, especially if you're talking right now that Joe Burrow is the consensus number one going to the Bengals. Then absolutely, um, you know, the Redskins seem like they want to roll with Dwayne Haskins for sure. The Lions are obviously going to have Matt Stafford. It'll be interesting to see if someone trades up to number three um, with Detroit. It seems like they'd be willing to move back and add some pieces to that defense. Um, and then you have the Giants, obviously not going to take a quarterback. So, yeah, five uh, to Miami. And it's been t- talked about since the beginning of the season, right? Tank for Tua makes a whole lot of sense. Now, the only thing is the wild card here, like I said, with that number three Detroit pick, um, because I think Washington's going to want to stay put. I really think they do want Chase Young there. Oh, yeah. But I don't I think, think it's going to take a lot to move offers them. offers the house for him. That's the only way I see it happening. Now, we talked earlier about Tom Brady as a bridge quarterback. In Vegas, obviously he, he would sell tickets. The relationship between him and Gruden would be epic. It would be all over ESPN. E- literally everything would be about Gruden and Brady. So you're already selling tickets. You already have all eyes on Vegas for a couple of years. I mean, maybe you have a competing team with Tyrell Williams, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, uh, Hunter Renfro, Finnish Strong. Now, my Oakland slash Vegas packages their picks. <laughs> Oakland slash Vegas. Takes Tua and talk about the ultimate timeline of quarterbacks. You would have perhaps the greatest quarterback of all time. A lot of people are saying the GOAT already, obviously. And he's mentoring Tua, just sitting there waiting in the wings. And John Gruden, Mr. Quarterback Camp himself, is smiling from ear to ear. I just don't see Brady in in Las Vegas because the only thing is, like, Gruden lives by the that Tuck rule screwed them out of another Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, Literally. that would be epic. Uh, I just, that was... that's what I'm saying. I can't see it happen because of that. Like Gruden, I feel like holds grudges. And that one grudge is the one, the ref who made the call and two Brady who was like, uh, yeah, we basically got a free win right there. Oh, that would just be freaking fantastic. I mean, screw everyone else. Hard knocks, all or nothing, all 22. I wanted all eyes on Las Vegas Raiders at that point. But uh, real quick, just want to wrap up stat-wise. Just want to get this out of the way for Tua. Let's talk big games in 2018. Okay, he plays in the SEC, so you want to know how he performs against teams in the SEC. Otherwise, he usually gets a fairly cupcake schedule. Wraps up the season in 2018 against Auburn. Throws for five touchdowns, 324 yards. Not bad. That is at home, however. Alabama is one of those teams that plays much better at home. Yeah. The SEC championship game. Go plays against Georgia. And we're talking one touchdown, two picks, only 164 yards. So that's kind of an ugly performance. Takes that, rolls into Oklahoma. Plays Oklahoma that year in the college football playoffs, um, the semifinals, or should I say the, the quarterfinals, however you want to word it. Throws for 318 yards and four touchdowns against Oklahoma. So another great performance against another bad Big 12 defense. (laughs) (laughs) Then rolls into the championship game last year against Clemson. And we all know how that went. Clemson's defense absolutely suffocated the Alabama offense. Tua throws for 295 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. So kind of ends up on a, eh, we'll see how it kind of goes game. Um, Didn't throw, didn't have a single game over 400 yards in 2018. So it's kind of like, okay, he's nice. He takes care of the ball. Looks like a game manager. Let's see if he can take that next step. Well, here we go. 2019. 
SEC opponent at South Carolina, okay? Not the best, easiest place to play in. I know the Gamecocks are no one to compete with. They don't have Jadavian Clowney. But still, 444 yards and five touchdowns on the Gamecocks. Then rolls to Texas A&M. 293 yards, four touchdowns, only a pick there. Then, in a very pivotal game versus LSU, he's already hurt. He already has the ankle injury. He's basically um, a statue standing there. There's, he's no longer the threat he has been in the RPO where he could just take off and run it. Still goes in a rally game for 418 yards and four touchdowns. So, I mean, Tua's no slouch. He's a leader of men. He's a guy who is, like we said, very anticipatory. Um, not going to wow you with arm strength, but he takes care of the ball. And like you said, I mean, five is the perfect spot for him with Miami. Otherwise, uh, you know, you're talking about teams like him teams and Devontae like Parker the, would be nasty. Oh, him and <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great fit when you're talking about him, Devontae Parker. You know, a developing still Mike Gesicki. The jury's out on him. Icky on Gesicki. Um, yeah. Let's see what they want to do with P Ryan. Apparently, they have uh, optimism about him going into next season. They want to keep him on the team. And I think that'd be interesting. Uh, for me, I think Samaje is too talented of a college receiver. You, you got to kick the tires. What about if the Dolphins grab Tua and with their later pick grabs DeAndre Swift? So they have Swift and Tua plus Devontae Parker. I mean, that would be nasty for sure. I, I just think at this point, um, we're seeing with these big-time contracts and these running backs, I think we're going to start to see a regression and the amount of money that gets invested in running backs with Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley. You know, you had that surge where, you know, the Rams were hot and Todd Gurley was the talk of the town. So they both disappeared the year after. (laughs) Exactly. So I think we're going to go right back to seeing these running backs sign um, lesser contracts. And, you know, you kind of roll with the committee, see if you can't sign someone off the street. I mean, like a Boston Scott, you know, people talk about Aaron Jones and it was a great pick. Don't get me wrong. He certainly has panned out. But they took Jamal Williams before him, and they also invested in a guy named Matthew Days, who I, nobody's heard of since. So um, it's definitely a good thing that they took Aaron Jones, but you kind of have to just throw uh, mud at the wall when it comes to running backs these days and see what sticks rather than yep. investing a lot of money in the position. Well, that's why I mean Thompson this last year drafted in the late rounds Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. They yep. both turned out to be really damn good investments. And now a coach down the line – is using them properly to the point we're getting 25 touchdowns combined in a season. I just, it's amazing on what you can grab and where, like, I mean, look at that. Look at Pittsburgh. Everyone looked four years ago and you had Le'Veon Bell. You're like, okay, they're okay. And he's gone. James Connors there, but you also have other guys there behind him who can run. So it's just, it's LA is the same way. You have Darrell Henderson there. Yeah. No, absolutely. But um, uh, getting back to Tua. Throwing that butt at the wall. (laughs) Good friend of the show, Ben Fennell, tweeted out, I I believe it was today, um, at Ben Fennell NFL, that wouldn't it be something if the Pittsburgh Steelers got their hands on Tua come draft time? And I had to respond, could you imagine Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, um, Tua, Tugvailoa, and projected number one pick Joe Burrow all in the same division? I mean, wow. Talk about toast of the town. Um, That would be something to watch for years to come. Now, a lot of people have come out and said that Joe Burrow, like, has all this potential coming out of college, and he looks great. But 
people keep thinking he might be the next big bust because of how hyped up he is. Which I guess you're always going to have, right? I mean, people always want to... There's nowhere to go but down when you're already at the top of the mountain. So we're going to pick his game apart come April. I'm sure we're going to know how he scratches his you-know-what and uh, what kind of sparkling water he drinks. But until then, we've seen nothing but a guy who has great anticipation. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Throw in some LaCroix, throw in some uh, bubbly. You like the bubbly, if I'm not mistaken. Did you say LaCroix? I heard LaCrap. Oh, come on. It's the champagne of sparkling waters. How dare you insult Miller High Genuine Draft? Yeah, it's it's hard to hide the talent when it comes to Joe Burrow. He's, he's certainly not, you know, it's not Oklahoma where you can say, well, is it him or is it the system? No. LSU runs a, uh, normally what's considered a very typical um, pro system until this year when they saw what they had in Joe Burrow. Then they put the kid in shotgun and said, hey, have fun, man, because you're just on fire with your 55 touchdowns. Well, also talking about his co-partner, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, and, you know, um, Michael, if I, you know. I no, just, Lamar, Lamar Chase. Yes. I, and then also you got Randy Moss's son in there, who I believe he's a freshman. Good Lord. Like, you talk about the talent coming out of LSU these next year to couple years. It's going to be ridiculous, man. And I've never... The reason why I want LSU to win the national championship so bad because they've never had a QB like this. Like, yeah, they've had Mettenberger and Russell, but they have never had a Joe Burrow type to come out and sling it and to just – he had eight touchdowns. Eight in his last game. No, and I, honestly, at this point, um, I was just thinking I would love to hear from the vibe. Uh, I would love to hear from at PFG of what Julie Voigt is thinking these days, what she wants to do. What, what does she think the Indianapolis Colts, who currently sit at 13, is Jacoby Brissett? He's obviously not your future. He's a short-term signing. I believe he's only signed on for one more season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was a two-year deal that he signed? I believe so. So, yeah, they, they have some thinking to do. They certainly weren't anticipating Andrew Luck retiring when they went into this season. Um, so now you have a situation where is it time to move up or are you comfortable with sitting where you are? Maybe you get a Justin Herbert. Maybe you get a Jake Fromm. I would love to know oh, what a no Colts Jake fan. You. No. <laughs> I would uh. love to know what a Colts fan like her has to say, because really, as I look down the list, I mean, you have Cincinnati, Miami, um, the LA chargers sitting right there at six are going to want a quarterback. Carolina sitting right chargers there at seven. Brady. They ain't drafting a QB. So you're going to have a run. <laughs> from five to seven right there of quarterbacks potentially taken with Miami, L.A., and Carolina right there. So the Colts are going to miss out if they don't make a move. And so I'd be interested think, to see what she has to say. You don't think Matt – so what do you think Matt Rule is doing? you think he's keeping Cam? Boy, talk about another huge question mark. Listen, Cam – a healthy Cam Newton, I believe, even though, you know, obviously he's getting longer in the tooth, but it's not like he's some uh, gray-haired veteran – at the same time. So a healthy Cam Newton, to me, I'll take him over Tom Brady. I'll take him over Andy Dalton. I'll take him over Dak Prescott. You know, you go down the list of free agent quarterbacks, Teddy Bridgewater. I'd take uh, a lot of people over Dak Prescott. Yeah, give me uh, give me Cam Newton. Give me the not-so-far-removed MVP uh, Super Bowl-appearing quarterback, and uh, I'll take him over all those free agents. So 
if I was if I was Carolina, knowing what a star he already is in that area, yeah. knowing that he sells tickets, there's jerseys everywhere. I mean, if you see a Carolina Panthers jersey that's not one or eighty nine. I mean, it's got to be Julius Peppers, or I don't know who the hell it is, because it certainly ain't Jake DeLone. Um Cam Newton is the man in Carolina. Uh, and even Luke though... Keekly, Thomas Davis, how dare you? <laughs> no, if that's Steven fair. Davis? Okay, that's fair. Keekly Williams? for sure. Don't make me. I'll keep well, going. There's don't names. dig deep. Now we're Greg Olson? Greg Olson, <laughs> how dare you? But I think it makes sense that a, a spread system coach uh, in Matt Rule would want to take advantage of what Cam Newton can do. Yeah, but the fact of how much they paid him. Five years, $62 million, and he's never coached in the NFL. Hey, it's his money. I don't, I don't know what to tell you there. I mean, Like, did he have Dave Tepper's children and wife at hostage at his house? Like, you write a blank check, are they gone? Okay, Dave? There is something to these guys, you know, turning around programs like Matt Rule has done. I mean, going from Temple to Baylor. And then having the success at Baylor after they went through what they went through with Art Bryles and all the scandals. So it's worth a look. I don't know. Are there are there guys in the pros? Kevin Stefanski comes to mind who probably deserved a look as well. I don't know. Eric Bianimi. Eric Bianimi, exactly. From uh, Sam Fran's offense. There's so many offensive coordinators that should get looks this year. And Cleveland is the only spot left. And it looks like McDaniels will probably go there. It is very interesting. Very interesting. And the owner, Dave Tepper, you know, I'd love to know. I'd love to dig deep into his mind. I would imagine that he just wanted to. Uh, obviously, he liked what Rule had to say. I'm not going to say it was an impulse hire, but there's also, you have to put fans in the stands. And Matt Rule was probably the biggest name at that point besides Josh McDaniel. No, Joe Judge? <laughs> Joe Judge. We couldn't even think of his name to begin the show. I remembered it just off the tip of my head because I called him the Patriots towel boy because no one knew the hell he was. But anyways, yeah, Matt Rule, I think he could be a good addition there. I have no problem with him going there, but he can't get away from uh, using Christian McCaffrey. And that's what's interesting, too. I mean, you bring in, I don't know what their plans are at OC. I don't know if they've made any moves yet, but I would not I have moved Noah Turner. I think uh, that the way... They did take his son, I believe, away. Ron Rivera hired his son um, away from him and actually brought him to Washington today with him. I understand DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel had a slow start to the season when Cam There's was going through what he was going through. On. But, boy, they finished strong. And McCaffrey was an all-pro, not only as a running back, but as a receiver, which is just ridiculous. Yep. So I think to... Um, that would be trying to fix something that's not broken, in my opinion, by removing North Turner. Yeah, I just, I, I just hope Rule does the right thing there. I mean, but that's the thing: does he take a QB in the draft at that spot in the top ten, or does he stick with Cam? I mean, it's kind of like McCarthy at Dallas right now. Do you want to build up your your guy you want to get through the draft, or do you want to try and mold Dak the way you want him? Well, if we're gonna play wizard, right, and try to predict. We already have Tua going at five to Miami. So then you have yep. L.A. The chances are pretty good. L.A. is taking a quarterback, right? Maybe they like Justin Herbert. He's he's going to be up there, man. I mean, he's going to be in the top ten, I think. So if Tua is gone, maybe they trade back. But let's say they don't. So L.A. takes Justin Herbert right there. Mm-hmm. So I think that depends on Rivers Carolina. Is agent. 
Right. So then it's basically how do you feel about Fromm or Eason at that point, I think, unless you like that kid um, Jordan Love out of Utah State. See what he does between now and then. Him and Eason, I have tied. I have Fromm way below. I'm sorry. He performed horribly in big games this year. I I cannot get those images out of my head of him just throwing those over. It just reminded me of Mitch. That's what it reminded me of. Just the overthrows by five to ten yards, the underthrows by five to ten yards. Like you play for the SEC championship, and LSU just dog walked you all over the field. Well, I think if you're if you don't take a quarterback there, which maybe you don't, if you're Carolina, you're gambling. But it, it would be worth the gamble to me. If they Jordan can pick Love up, is a spread tile, spread type uh, QB that Rule could use. Right, or or you wait and you try to see if Jalen Hurts falls in your lap in the second round. Because hear me that out, that would be Jalen Hurts is not. Yeah, I'm not saying you know. I'm not saying remove Cam Nerton. Nerton, Cam Nerton. <laughs> I'm not saying remove. Oh, and Dylan left. I will take over on that until he gets back in 2.5 seconds. He's talking about good old Cam Nerton. Cam Nerton, you know what happens? His earbuds die. I don't know why he doesn't go get just plug-in headphones or charge the things like the hour before he's coming on. It's ridiculous. We're actually like 15 minutes over. He's being a right now. So when he gets back on, we're going to get get the hell off of here. Okay. Come on, don't be a negative Nancy. I'm not being a negative Nancy. I'm saying we got to get you through this thing. Nancy. I haven't been talking Jay. so that you guys could get through your stuff so we can get going. Hey, until he gets back, I want to ask you something. Have you seen the amount of Packer fans on the web that has not like embraced the fact that we need a middle linebacker or a defensive lineman next to Kenny Clark? Like, I get it, we need wide receiver. But the wide receivers are so deep in this draft, we can still grab a a wide receiver two in the third round. That's how deep they are this year. And on top of that, I just it I don't know. I feel like we need to have an intervention with some of these Packers fans. Like I've seen some people are still being negative as Packer fans. Oh, this is I don't know. This isn't looking good. But Seattle's had a number. I it just what number since when? Playoff, I, I, the yeah. last time they beat. Okay, that's it. You know what? Since we're waiting on Dylan, I am playing. They beat us last year, but that you was guys, last year. In this is this is what happened, and this is a, to get you guys a little hyped up. I found this in one of my old zip drives today, and it's from back when I first, like even before I was really big. I started podcasting. I was calling in. And part of mine and a couple other guys' Collins got made into a Packers-Seahawks hype piece going into the 2015 regular season opener, if you don't remember. And since we got something that everybody wants to be all scared and all of the, you know what, I'm playing it right now. And if it doesn't get you guys going, I don't know what the hell they do for you. So here it is, a little rock back in time to 2015 Packers-Seahawks. It's going to be a missed opportunity that we'll probably think about the rest of uh, my career. We were the better team today. We played uh, uh, we played well enough to win. and we. Uh, FYI, that's Rodgers after the uh, 2014 championship game. Oh, that's all the time, man. Every time. 
to this team are unbelievable, man. The fight, the fight, we win this fight over and over again. The people used to doubt, man. Just making the plays at the end, keep believing. There was no doubt. I, I just had no doubt. We, we had no doubt as a team. And I just believe God's preparing me for these situations. God's prepared our team. You're scared of this team without Cam Chancellor? Like, do people realize what a difference that makes? Nick Foles was throwing the ball all over this team. Nick freaking Foles. <laughs> Packers Seahawks is bigger than any other regular season game you're going to get. Jay in the UP, welcome to the program. We have been through it for four years, and I am sick of them. And you know what? At the end of the day, God ain't going to help Russell Wilson win this game. He's got to come to the home of Lambeau Field in the Green Bay Packers. And this is where the football gods will shut him down and let the Russell Packers finally, finally do something they need to do. And that will mean that when they meet the playoffs, it will be back in Lambeau Field where we can finally rectify last year once and for all. We're going up for the kick ass. Never would be that dude from the UP. That thing gave me chills. I know I said it yesterday, but I actually Jay had Jay from the UP is the superhero of the day. He's right up there with the guy who dressed like the the Zed from Pulp Fiction at Summerfest and State Fair. He's a, he's our superhero, Jay from the UP. I love it. That, yeah, I, just, I gave a big Ric Flair woo out the window right after. I seriously got chills when I heard Fantastic. that. Was, I don't know who produced that, but that was awesome. All right, so Ross, what Packer has All right, so yeah, that killed a little bit of time. Dylan's still not back. That's weird. I don't know, but either way. All right, you know well, what, though? We, you... covered a, we covered a couple of good draft prospects with Usain and Dylan. We covered the Se- a little bit of preview of the Seattle and Green Bay to come. We are having Mr. Evan on from Real Hawk Talk on Thursday night before uh, Mr. Monty, uh, the Sports Whisperer, comes on Thursday night as well. That is Monty so JP231 on the Twitter. You should follow him and check out his show. Uh, it is the Full Monty Football Show live on Nuts and Bolts Sports, which you can find on Blog Talk Radio. Every but if Sunday. you search him on Google, it will get you right to the link. Or find him on Twitter and go to his profile and click the link. It'll get you there. His Twitter profile, again, is Monty JP231. We have a loaded Thursday night. Two guests. Preview show. Monty's coming on. He gets to talk some Titans. Don't forget tomorrow night. He likes Titans. And then tomorrow night, tomorrow night we've got the NFC North. round table. No, but here's the thing. It's not the round table anymore. It's the NFC North. Oh, there he is. NFC North brawl table. Yeah. Yeah, it's the brawl table. It's not just round. It's the brawl table because it's on Title Town Brawl. There is no round table. It's more like here. a square table. Dylan, I like your little out. truck jammies. They, you don't they know look what very, I just they look, definitely saw what you were They wearing. look, we saw them, man. Just like earlier, before you jumped on the call, dude, seriously. Dylan like is drinking, right? And it was the most... 
the most descriptive uh, drink I've ever been a part of able to hear <laughs> while I'm typing. I heard all the oohs and ahs. I heard all the swallowing, the enjoyment, pure enjoyment of the thirst-quenching yes, liquid that he was drinking. And it was making me laugh as I was typing, getting ready for the show while you, we were waiting for you. Yeah, just most descriptive drink I've ever had a pleasure of hearing in my life. And whatever he was drinking, it was purely enjoyable, I can tell you that much. I thought I muffled the microphone. Turns out I put it closer to my mouth. <laughs> and before I just got back on the phone, boy, I was waiting for my phone to recharge. So I thought I'll have myself a little leftover burrito I had from earlier. Way too much hot sauce, boys. My mouth is on fire. Aw. Too spicy that... for you. Oh, hey, I seek hey, out hey, the heat. Hey, I okay. seek out the heat, baby. So uh, let's do this rapid fire style, buddy, and and roll through the the bottom list of your profile or your uh, prospects here. Because we actually thought you might not be coming back, but here it was because you were having a hot sauce emergency, and we were about to wrap up the show, and then boom, you pop back up. So we got to get you a chance. Burritos. Let's wrap it up, Jay. I would rather wrap it up this way, um, if you don't mind. I would love to hear your opinion on this whole Tom Brady thing, whether or not you think they'll be back in New England, and if not, what spot do you think fits best? Ooh. You know what? That, that is so hard because here's the thing. You're, okay. Ooh, there's, a couple like of things, there's a couple of things that pop up when you watch Brady, and especially when I'm watching that game this week. There, like It's another one of those things, and his isn't bad habits, but here's the thing that I laugh about Brady. People want to always jump on this, oh, he's in the decline. He can't do this. I watched him make three or four throws early in the game and late in the game after he'd been abused that were outside the numbers, 20 yards down the field, in a tight window, in between a DB's hands. With It wasn't a duck like you saw Peyton Manning. He's got zip. But he's always had limitations to what – he can and can't do. And his line is not what he is used to having. His backfield back there is not close to the... I'm not saying they're not good like and they won't develop because they've got talent, but that talent, for whatever reason, if it's a combination of them just being young and their scheme constantly kind of shifting so they're not... You know, they're being so young they're not used to it that they, they're not able to produce the way they maybe will next year or the year after. But... And his receivers... Like Sanu, just like normally you would see them move on from a Sanu like that earlier in the season and bring somebody else in. It's not because he's, it's not that he's washed, but he's just one of those receivers. I think that it was, again, too complicated and he was never comfortable. And so then he was never on the same page. And so what you saw as this quote unquote Brady decline, and come on, you guys know that uh, how I feel about him as the goat and the greatest and all this crap, right? So this is this is purely being gave up a second rounder for Sanu, right? But this is purely, and they made a mistake. The Patriots have done that a lot and cut bait with guys like him that just clearly don't are he Sanu actually hurt the team more than he helped them because he was so he was so slow and not known when he wasn't drawing the coverages in the zones. He wasn't he wasn't getting across on crossing routes on the right timing to create a pick for the other receiver that he was supposed to create separation for or if it didn't if they didn't bite on him there was all kinds of 
problems on tape here, guys. But what I'm trying to say here is I'm not a Brady lover at all, but I'm purely judging him as a quarterback. All I saw was Brady's limitations being exposed, much like it did the last time they actually missed the playoffs or when they got bumped out the last time in 2009. What they've done since those or in between those periods is at least at the very least, he's had a very good offensive line that in those situations, those young players don't have to worry about it because the line's good enough just to open a gaping hole up for them in the run game or block an extra second and a half so that even though Sanu's late on his break, Brady can hold the ball even though he doesn't want to and get him there. I just think people need to realize it's not a decline thing. It's not bad mechanics. It's not bad habits like I talk about with Aaron Rodgers. It's his team that's around him this year failed him in the aspect of being able for him to play within his limitations like he's been used to being able to do for so many years and be successful. His limitations were exposed a lot this year, even when they were winning. And and it, it you know, and when that happens you're not they're not a they're not a winning playoff team. That's the that's the recipe to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. Because that defense again is only efficient and good when it doesn't have to be on the field like any other defense for 25 minutes or more. And and when Brady's not doing his thing and he's exposed in his limitations, it puts more pressure on that time thing on the defense. And and they're really not historically great anyway, despite being on and off the field under that time limit. So would you would you put the odds of him coming back at greater or less than 50%? I think this is another one of those where Belichick, I think Belichick is going to get the okay to draft a guy in the first round if he wants or make a move, but I think Brady will be back to groom him. Okay. I just I just think that Kraft will be so afraid that that he'll go to the scouting department or he'll do whatever, and people in that building are going to watch tape and they're going to probably think the, say the same thing I am, like, Dude, this has always been Tom Brady when the, all this stuff happens. Like, and yet, you know, if we fix this and da 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 da, you're going to have the same old Tom. But we also, he's going to be 43. We also need to start thinking about his future, you know, uh, Rob. And so we can't be like not making his feelings hurt and passing up on a deep quarterback draft. So I think, I think the likelihood with the Patriots this year is both will happen. Brady will be back, but you will see them make a move and not do like a Garoppolo. I think they will make a move this year to get one of those top five quarterbacks that are coming out at some point to sit behind Brady to be ready in case even he does hit that proverbial cliff in the middle of the season like we saw with Peyton Manning. That can happen. I'm not saying that can't happen, It, you know, but I, it, I'm just trying to say it, it hasn't happened yet. This is just him being exposed in his limitations. Right. Now... Do you think Bree stays in New Orleans, or do you think Rivers stays in L.A.? I think Rivers, Rivers no probably retires. Yet. I think Rivers retires. I think that emotion was him Too much realizing. Too much money to drive that family van. I, I just think that, no, I think that it's he's realizing that even if he wants to still play, he's got nine kids, and I think the youngest is under two years old. It's It's, it's, it's too much. And I know he's, and that's the one thing I will say about Philip Rivers. You can say whatever you want about where he is as an all-time quarterback, 
But that I, I believe that press conference, the emotion was, I want to play. I know I can still play, but I don't think I can keep my family waiting anymore. And and his family has always been his priority. That's why he's willing to drive, and he didn't move them even from San Diego to L.A. So to me, I think yeah. that's where that emotion came from. I mean, I'm just talking from a real, like, as a dad. Like, there's times in your life as a dad where you really want to do something. You know you can do something, but you know the correct thing is to walk away from that regardless of how you feel because it's the right thing for your family or what your family needs or wants from you has to has to supersede what your needs and wants are. So with that, I mean, I know Dylan said yes to Breeze, but the thing is, if you had Teddy Bridgewater, no Breeze, hell no. Like if honestly, if they keep Breeze, they can kiss their future goodbye. Because did you know if you're Teddy Bridgewater on top of everything else, the like you didn't even get on the field, and yet the guy that is sitting behind you, that's also a gadget guy and a special teams guy, ran for a fifty-yard touchdown threw a 50-plus-yard touchdown, and caught a 40-some-yard-plus touchdown. And he was all over the field, like, come on. And, oh, by the way, they only had him throw the ball like that because the throws, the two times Breeze tries to throw the ball inside the numbers, inside the hashes, which even for a squirt-gun-armed, old-ass, overrated quarterback should still be doable, he underthrows the duck, and it gets interception to cost them the game. Oh, and the time before why Taysom got to throw the ball for the touchdown pass was because the plays before that, he tried to throw it and was five yards short. Like, get over this elite Drew Brees crap. Sorry, even D'Angelo Hall said said on national TV, well, I guess that's why they kept him off the elite at 100. You're damn right. Damn right. Supposed to have home field advantage and got all played by not his backup, but the third string gadget play freaking quarterback. Are you effing kidding me? And you tell me he's better than Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady? Shut the hell up. This is bullshit, and it needs to end now. That was on national TV. Get over that shit. And anybody that wants to try to tell me or use their numbers, you can stick your head up your ass and freaking tell me that you don't know a damn thing about what's actually going on on the field. That was ridiculous. There. We got our rant, Dylan. We're good. Ah, we can sleep now. And that's the bottom line because I said so. Hashtag be better. (laughs) I I think – if he comes back, it's one of the most selfish moves because you got Teddy there, you got Taysom Hill. They obviously showed they can run the offense. Teddy went five and zero with him out. I mean, he was able to get the ball. Actually, if you go look at it, Michael Thomas actually had a higher rate of targets to him from Teddy than Drew did. So Teddy knew where to go with the ball. I mean, give it to your best option. So I just, I think Drew. You can't he move either. Two years ago. Do you realize Taysom last, Hill runs last, a four four forty? Drew can't <clears> run a well, Drew can't run a seven five. Hold on. So the NFC Championship game last year, when he had that duck in overtime, and then the one you just mentioned last week in the Vikings game, it just shows his arms going out, and he's reaching that cliff of age, and just needs to. 
I think he needs to hang it up. I get it. He has passion, but the passion is is not meeting the physical limitations it's not just anymore. The arm, though. It's not just the arm. He's not able to grip the ball. You can tell he's still wearing that stupid, funky thing that's actually a brace, and they're trying to make you think it's just tape that he don't need it. That's where the selfish, arrogant, jackass guy that is all about him and not about his team is evident in shit like that right there. Because you know, you want to talk about Brett Favre had a broken thumb, but you know what? Brett Favre could still throw the ball 65 yards and fit it into a tight window with his broken thumb. Drew Brees can't throw inside the numbers 25 yards downfield with that thumb that's supposed to be fully healed. Inside a dome with no weather. Get out of here with this, man. Like yeah. I like I was so low on the guy before, but now you're going to sit there and you're going to pound the table about numbers. That kind of crap right there is exactly why I've been telling you for over five years. It has been so overrated. He didn't play one game in weather under 40 degrees with any wind. It was 43 degrees and no wind and a sunny, clear day in, in Tennessee. That was his coldest game this year. Oh, he's got a 116.2, which dropped from a 116.9 indoors. Shut up. Quit making stats up to freaking lick this guy's shoes, for Christ's sakes. A bunch of boviated, made-up bull crap with him, and it's so sickening. Like, there's so many real football players out there that do the work and actually (laughs) deserve the recognition, and you want to give this guy it because he played for freaking 20 years in 12 to 14 games a year in great weather. Whoop-de-freaking-la. All right, I have a prediction. I think Brady has such respect for his former quarterback of the AFC of Peyton Manning. I think... He goes to Indianapolis. I think he takes over, and I think he, I think he brings them to back to the playoffs. I'm Why would that be respecting Brady. Peyton? Wouldn't that be like kind of like trolling Peyton? Like, dude, now we're no. going to him your and, house and, and win. Are really good friends <laughs> off the field, dude. I know him they are, Peyton but that's still really kind of like a like a. It's kind of like a trolling move. Like, no, it wouldn't at all. This is your house, and I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to make it Brady's house. Because if if Brady wins one championship, they'll rename that the house that Brady built. Oh, he's the best all-time quarterback in in Colts history. They wouldn't do that. I was just predicting he's going to go to the Colts. (laughs) You're delving too much into this. Well, that's my job. I I just say he's going to go to the Colts, and he's going to go straight to that. Hi, Bethany. Um, going straight to the the Colts, and I think they go back to. She playoffs. gets a hype horn, but she made a show. Anyways, appearance. I think it's time to wrap it up, gentlemen. What do you think? Well, I was trying to do that Let's a half hour like ago, a, but then you like got um, me on this damn Saints crap. Hey, that was your own decision to get random about that. We I can't control that. Hey, I can't control the truth. Oh, actually, what? Real quick, we don't need to we don't need to analyze it, but who would win in a fight between Logan Paul and Antonio Brown? Logan Paul. Did you just ask that question? I'm not answering that. They would probably Logan both hit, they would probably hit each size. other simultaneously. They would probably hit each other simultaneously and both fall out because they both got glass jaws. <laughs> no, and Antonio Brown would. Get his ass whooped like a little kid. 
Thanks for humoring me, Jay. I know that's your favorite topic. Bingo. Logan Paul, second round knockout. <laughs> Done. All right, thanks for listening to us. You can hit us up on the Twitter. I am at UPJ33. He is at Steak and Cheese. It's at Dylan Busby1. And the show, Title Town Brawl, is at Title Town Brawl on the Twitter. Hit up the Brawl Network at Network Brawl. Follow them, like them on Facebook. Hit us up on Facebook. Search us. It is Title Town Brawl on Facebook. Search all the brawls. If you are listening and you know somebody that's a fan of another team, they are represented on the Brawl Network. So search them and find your team requisitely. Follow them and share them. We love you all. It's been a wonderful night. Thanks, guys. Go Paco. Good night, everyone. Have a good one.